This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ACB Advocacy Update. I am your host, Clark Rockfall, ACB's Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs. If you'd like to learn more about the American Council of the Blind, please visit our website at acb.org. And if you have advocacy questions or concerns of your own, please reach out to us at advocacy at acb.org. Well, this week we have a very special podcast for you. I will keep it brief uh, because we have a conversation that has aired previously on ACB Media, but we want to bring it to the audience of the Advocacy Update, wherever you're listening via your favorite podcast player or just here again on the ACB Media Network. But before I kick it over to Anthony Corona and Sunday Edition, just a quick shout out to everyone at ACB and the Audio Description Project. Congratulations, we are celebrating the inaugural Audio Description Awards Gala. I hope that everyone is able to tune in this evening, Thursday, November 18th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, to participate and join us in the in watching the inaugural AD Awards Gala. You can do that do that by tuning into ACB Media as well as streaming it live with video and audio description at adawardsgala.org as well as on the Peacock streaming platform. To get everyone excited for the gala this evening, Anthony Corona hosted Sunday edition with many guests who have been instrumental not only in the creation of the inaugural AD Awards Gala, but in the proliferation and advocacy that's created the audio description project and has brought audio description into the lives of so many ACB members and those in the broader community. So joining Anthony Corona uh, in this conversation are ACB President Dan Spoon, the co-chairs of the Audio Description Project, Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson, many guests from ACB staff, including our Director of Development, Tony Stevens, Manager of Communications, Jennifer Flatt, and Executive Director, Eric Bridges. If you'd like to learn more and get excited for the pending gala, again, please visit adawardsgala.org. And to support the awards gala, as well as the ongoing work of the audio description project, please make a donation by visiting adawardsgala.org slash donate. And before I turn it over to Anthony for this programming, 
Uh, again, just a big kudos and thank you to everyone who's been involved in making this happen. And as we get ready for the show, Overture, Curtains, Lights, this is it. You'll hit the heights and oh, what heights we'll hit. On with the show, this is it. We are talking all things audio description gala. We have a special message to open up the show from Roy Samuelson. Um, that will play in a moment. In the meantime, Lucy Edmonds, one of my newest, but um, I think very cool friends, is here to tell us a little bit about what will happen if you call to make a donation. So as Anthony said, my name is Lucy. And if you wish to make a donation to the audio description project, and you don't feel comfortable filling out the form online. There's a number you can call, and I'm sure this number will be given several times throughout the show. That number is 888-444-8320. And when you call, you'll be given a little message saying that you can hold for a staff person. And that staff person would be me if I'm available. Um, And I will come on the line and help you if if I don't answer, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll be given another recorded message saying to leave your name, number, and time zone that you're calling from. And that's important because when one of us calls you back, we don't want to call you too late at night or too early in the morning. And do not leave your credit card information on that voicemail, okay? So if I don't answer, someone will call you back. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you so much, Lucy. Look forward to um, making my donation with you. Hi, I'm Roy Samuelson. I voice audio description. And beyond that, I like to advocate for quality and excellence. I want to be super clear that this doesn't mean that quality gets in the way of quantity. The idea is not to stop content from coming because we want greater quality. I think that there's a lot of systems in place that allow for both. And one of the things that really excites me about audio description, specifically as a voice talent, is that there's a lot of things that I can bring to some incredible writing and some incredible engineering that mix the uh, the volume control that allows the AD to come through you. That there's a lot of things that are happening with access so that our blind and low vision audiences can get access to the content that sighted people get. And so, All that being said, one of the cool things about audio description is that it really is a model of what connection means in the sense of there's so many gaps. There's so many things that get in the way when it comes to talking about entertainment. If you think about sharing a story of a TV show or a movie with someone, and if the audio description isn't there, it's like somebody threw some speed bumps on the highway of the conversation, and it kind of slows things down and it just makes it... I'm wincing and kind of squinting as I'm saying it. It's so uncomfortable, but... With this example of audio description and entertainment, it does bring connection. It brings cultural access. And uh, one of the things that's really exciting about this AD Gala coming up is that they're presenting multiple awards and really honoring what these companies are doing that stand out and above the normal, that brings that focus on the quality and the value of what audio description is. Beyond this race to the bottom of how fast or how cheap we can make it. It's really talking about how great we can make it. And that's what's so exciting about this gala is that a lot of companies are honored. I'm going to introduce the live AD award, but beyond that live events, there's a ton of things that this company has done that make them stand out in so many other ways. And each company has their own thing. So it's really got to be an exciting time. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us and have a great time, Anthony.
This is a very special edition of Sunday edition. That was Roy Samuelson that you just heard, and you might guys might remember him as our keynote speaker for the 2020 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention. You've probably heard him on hundreds, if not thousands, of television and movie productions, and you will see slash hear him on November 18th at the Audio Description Gala. So I am here currently, but there'll be folks popping in and out for the two hours. But I'm currently here with our president, Dan Spoon. Welcome back to Sunday Edition. Thank you, Anthony. It's great to be here. What an exciting event we've got coming up here at the end of the week. What a presidency you've had. <laughs> two virtual conventions. We're preparing for our first hybrid convention. Um, all kinds get up and get moving. And now an audio description gala. So tell me why, why are we doing this? Well, we ACB has really taken the lead as a chief influencer in the audio description field. The uh, ADP committee, the audio description project was founded in 2009 and really its major mission is to really promote audio description in all kinds of different venues. So We're here with the gala to celebrate media and what's happening in film and television and streaming services. Uh, But besides that, you know, the audio description project covers areas like performing arts, museums and parks. And we have a wonderful relationship with the National Park Service that I know you'll feature next week on Sunday edition. So that'll be an exciting event. And then we have the Batty Contest, the benefits of audio description and education, where we're talking about audio description to our youth and really getting that involved in their school curriculum and really exposing young blind people to the wonderful world of audio description at a very young age. We also have a training institute that we hold twice a year that really helps uh, train new audio describers. That's led by Joel Snyder and We also uh, just feature all kinds of things wherever we can find them to really promote audio description. So it's been a wonderful program inside the American Council of the Blind. And it's really just, it's the right time. I'd love to hear from Tony and team, but it's the right time to kind of take audio description to the next level. And that's what this AD Awards Gala does. And it's so exciting to see our members really get energized about it and have a chance to participate. And thanks for inviting me to the show today. Absolutely. And we're going to take some questions from callers a little bit later on. We'll be speaking with Kim Charleston a little bit later on, but I have her co-chair, Carl Richardson, here right now. So, Carl, do you want to give us an overview of what the ADP does? Sure. Thank you. Uh Anthony mentioned I am the co-chair of the Audio Description Project, along with my co-chair, Kim Shelton, and I, along with Dan and, and others, want to express my excitement about the Audio Description Gala coming up on Thursday the 18th. It is nice to see the culmination of the past 11 years of work that the Audio Description has done, and as a result, we are now at a place where we can talk about Audio Description in the mainstream and the public. And that is what is the most exciting. And I'm even hearing from some of the folks that are going to be awarded, which we will find out on Thursday night, that they're starting to talk to each other, too. So that's very exciting. And in the past 11 years, we've seen the networks have a commitment 
uh, when we first started, they didn't have a commitment of audio description to the four broadcast networks and the five top cable networks. And now that they have a commitment of that. Uh, streaming services didn't really exist, and they're all doing audio. All the major streaming services are doing audio description, even though they are not required to do it, which means they're doing it because they consider it the right thing to do in a human right. It's just an exciting time, and we're starting to try different things, and you're seeing an improvement of quality to, from mono to stereo to now yeah. having discussions of diversity which is very exciting. We're actually talking about how do we describe people of, of color and gender and, or, you know, that in audio description. So that, that's evolving. Netflix has even written a paper on quality guidelines for audio description. So this is a very exciting time in terms of media. So that's one subcommittee within the audio description project media that and movie theaters, too. They're now doing it. I just went and saw No Time to Die in the movie theater, and that was a lot of fun. So that covers media. That's one subcommittee. Dan also talked about the Beatty contest. That's a subcommittee. And what's very exciting about the Beatty is not only are we doing that here in the United States, where we work with kids in K-12 through to get excited about audio description and write about it, we are now doing it with a um, blindness organization in Australia and launching it and who are working with us. So it's starting to have an international presence. So that's the Beatty contest. We have a performing arts committee, which deals with theater, museum, parks, and and public spaces. And that's very exciting. Also, as, as the world reopens up and we're starting to think about access to those venues, that that's cool. Uh, we are looking at exploring at uh, that committee right now. It's looking at a, having all the presidential libraries audio described. And so that's cool. That's a fun project. We have an award committee, which at convention, this is different from the AB Gala Award, where we honor people who have made a difference in audio description. And that can be from research and development to technological advancement and things like that. And we have a conference committee where we talk about every year what we're going to present at the conference and talk about the latest changes and audio description and where we just try to educate the overall community on audio description. Oh, and last but not least, we have a Section 508 committee, which deals with the federal government (laughs) with um, requires that their videos are accessible to people of different abilities, which include closed captioning, web access, but we're also trying to increase awareness about audio description, and we're starting to make headways on that, too. So that's very exciting. So that's what the Audio Description Project does. I'm very excited. I can't wait to hear about the Audio Description Gala uh, from Jennifer and Tony, and I'm very excited about one of the people being recognized later, which I hope Tony or Jennifer will talk about one of the people that led to where we are today in audio description. So uh, thank you very much for having me on, and I'm very excited. Well, we're very glad to have you here. Speaking of Jennifer and Tony, that is Jennifer Flatt and Tony Stevens, our Director of Development and our Communications Manager. Welcome to Sunday Edition. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, I wanted to shout out and talk a little bit before we get into the gala itself. I wanted to shout out NBC because I personally worked on a project 
Uh, NBC's Days of Our Lives is currently the only soap opera, daily soap opera that is audio described. And I am so proud that that happens. Um, but we also got some great partnership with them for the Olympics as well. Tony, do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about? So, yeah, sure. So we've been very fortunate. You know, ACB for a long time has been engaged with a number of uh, really just solid advocates and, and industry leaders that have really been promoting inclusive media and particularly from the blindness community. One of those people that we've, we've been able to build a relationship over the years, who was actually at WGBH a long time ago, back when Carl was uh, at, at WGBH in Boston, which for folks who don't know WGBH, and we'll talk a little bit more later about them and the special recognition Carl was alluding to, but they're sort of, you know, they were sort of the, the, the grand, the, grandparent, if you will, of audio description. Without WGBH, we wouldn't be anywhere where we are now. Uh, but not just for audio description, but inclusive media in general. Uh, for captioning and, and other, all aspects of just access for people with disabilities to media and television broadcast. So uh, this one person, Tom Lakowski, who some folks in the disability community may know is a strong advocate, has moved up the ranks at Comcast and has just been a, a huge champion uh, folks that, that come to our convention know Tom. He's a, he's a regular visitor, uh, participates. There was a great panel that, you know, Carl leads, uh, you know, every year. Uh, Tom's often on that, talking about Comcast. And Comcast is the parent company for NBC Universal. So, you know, we, we worked with them over the years on a number of things uh, built out of the Communications and Video Accessibility Act in 2010, which was a huge piece of legislation that really also helped, you know, put into law a lot of the accessibility standards now for television and cable. And so Tom was a key part of that. And just along the way, just a great person. He himself is someone who's blind and understands it. He gets it. He's in senior leadership now with Comcast and really helped make some inroads. When we did our annual convention, uh, we were uh, adjacent to the Olympic Games in Tokyo. The 20 games were moved to 21 and we were going to close the same day. And so we reached out to Tom and said, look, let's try to get something that will allow us to uh, you know, celebrate these Olympic Games. And it ended up, we were able to get an actual feed of the opening ceremony for the Olympics that would be audio described. And we had a huge watch party, or, you know, listen party in our case, really. Uh, and it was it was very well attended, hundreds of people. Uh, we streamed it over ACB Media. Uh, it was put on our YouTube Live um, and Facebook. And really just, it was really exciting. We were able to bring in some, some you know, a pre-show that Kim and Clark Rockville, but yes, a Clark Rockville, um, who's a Paralympian himself, uh, came on. We had some Paralympians and, and broadcasters and coverage and all stuff, audio description for the Olympics. So that was that was exciting and, and just really wonderful. So that, that helped us build a, a relationship, you know, with NBC, uh, you know, because they're a large company, Comcast, NBC, et cetera. So we were very excited to build that relationship with NBC. And they, as such, have really come around. They're a, a silver sponsor for this year's uh, Gala, you know, one of the first, we have two silver sponsors, uh, AT&T and, and NBC Universal. And uh, as such, as part of their sponsorship, uh, they're helping us by making us have the opportunity to reach a whole new audience through the, their streaming platform, uh, which is called Peacock. And Peacock. It's, a, it's a free app that you can download on your smart televisions or your, you know, Alexa Fire devices, Amazon Fire or Roku. And, and you can go online. Uh, smart devices and etc. And so it's Peacock, which is NBC's streaming platform, similar to like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all those. Uh, and we will be there through December 31st. You'll be able to catch the gala from when it premieres on the 18th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, all the way to 
December 31st. So you'll have a chance. It'll it'll rest there uh, as one of their under their news programming sort of subcategories. So Jennifer, welcome back to Sunday edition. Thank Tell you. Tell us a little bit about how the gala came to be. Um, well, I'm not going to name names, but someone named Kim Charlson was par- partly responsible. So we will, we will uh, let her speak about that a little bit later. The committee that has been organized, Tony is the co-chair of the committee, as is Will Butler, so who some of you may know. Um, Tony, do you want to share a little bit about how the committee was set up and who was selected and part of it? Yeah, I mean, we we first went to Kim and Carl and, you know, wanted to have, you know, the co-chairs for the audio description committee. And we were were sort of trying to think of who can we pull together that has industry experience, but also is of our community or works with the community of people who are blind and visually impaired and accessible media and really pulled together an outstanding committee. And with that committee, there was sort of the brainstorm of we knew we wanted, and Kim can really give more information on this and what were the seeds. And what Dan, you know, talked about before about how we're just seen as the leaders. And we thought, you know, there needs to be something that just just recognizes the fact that this there's a lot of people for whom shoulders we stand on that we wouldn't have what we have today in terms of accessible media. And there's as we move this gala into in person, we'll actually be as we do with our convention awards, recognize people that are actually working on the trade, so to speak, in the craft. And not just media, but, you know, we want to move into like theater and things like that for future galas. But we wanted to find a space. I realized the easiest thing for the first year, because of time constraints with virtual, you know, you can only get people for like an hour, a little bit more virtually these days. We thought, okay, well, let's just focus in on media. And so we we reached out to some people that had excellent experience in sort of working with the media and pulled together, you know, just an outstanding committee of, of passionate advocates and industry professionals. Uh, people that know blindness, people that know industry and media to pull together uh, a an event that, you know, is what we're excited to share on November 18th. Separate from that, Joel Snyder, who founded the ADP with ACB, he's sort of a renowned audio describer. One of the, I like to think of him as the Papa Smurf of audio description. He, he goes way back as well. Um, Dr. Joel Snyder. <laughs> yes, Dr. Joel Snyder. It's yes. When you know him like we do, we just get to call him Joel. No. Yeah. But Dr. Joel Snyder. Um, you know, he has his uh, sort of literally wrote the textbook and he literally did write the textbook in audio description, right? The visual, the visual made, verbal. made verbal. Yeah, yes. which is his book. Um, and so, you know, Joel put together an awards committee. He brought together sort of his his uh, A-team, if you will, of people uh, that are audio describer experts, the describers themselves, narrator, voice talent, leaders, you know, in the field as well, focusing just on audio description. And they put together an awards committee that has worked to will present, in the sense, the recognitions that we're going to have a chance to share and celebrate on the 18th. So, you know, it was a collaboration of the committee. It took form as literally we, the, the the medium helped guide the message, as you hear sometimes. The message guides the meet, you know. Yeah. And in this sense, the medium of virtual led us to where we focused. Okay, this year on media, we'll we'll talk about the people whose shoulders we stand on. And so, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting sort of event in that aspect it's so yeah yeah and tony this is dan and i think it's important to just recognize that we continue to grow these relationships so will butler who's the vice president for communications at be my eyes which is an app many of us use to help us uh see things that we're having a hard time uh you know navigating whether it be a form or the color of a shirt or the pattern so will butler 
is the co-chair of the committee. And then Joe Strecce uh, from Apple and Apple TV, uh, who's the, one of the producers of the show C. Both of them, uh, the last two years, were our luncheon speakers at our DC leadership conferences. So as those relationships continue to grow, uh, you, Tony shares this with us all the time as a development director you continue to build and build those relationships. And so both Joe and Will were excited to uh, be part of the AD Awards Gala Committee, which has been fantastic. So for folks out there who are listening, who may not have experience with audio description, I'm going to ask each of us to share an experience with audio description, whether it be the most surprising or the first time I want to give the listeners an idea of what audio description means for our community. And um, I am going to put Mr. Spoon, President Spoon, on the spot first. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Anthony. I, I guess I'll, I'll tell a little personal story related to um, kind of a relationship. And, uh, you know, as, as Tony and Clark and Eric and all, Jennifer, everybody says it's all about building relationships. My wife and I, Leslie, attend Regal Cinemas most of the time. And for, not going to hear about Abraham Lincoln. We again, are not. Man. We are not. <laughs> yeah. So, so many, many people as that attend the, the the you know movie theaters, and we've had a hard time with the pandemic, but we're getting back at it. One of the real challenges is you receive your receiver and your headset. And you go into the theater and you cross your fingers and pray that once the trailers are over, when the movie starts, you actually get yeah, to hear the works. audio. Otherwise, yeah. you're scrambling. The movie started. You're in a packed theater. How do you get back to the customer service desk and, and actually, you know, get, get, get the audio you need because your receiver's not working? And so uh, Dan Dillon, it's funny how people know people who know people. So Dan and Brenda Dillon in the day. Uh, had a really good relationship with Randy Smith, who was the vice president of HR for Regal. And I was kind of explaining this issue to Dan. And Dan said, well, here's Randy's email and phone number. Why don't you give him a call and, and, and chat with him? And so Randy called me back the next day, and we had this lovely conversation about, you know, the challenges of, uh, you know, being able to know whether your receiver was working. And he said, well, you know, we – we do a regal trailer where we, you know, announce the concession stands open and then we talk about the popcorn and the Coke and please silence your cell phones. And, and he said, we are making that, uh, you know, we're going to, we're adding captioning uh, for, for the deaf and hard of hearing. And he said, let me see if we can add some audio description to that for the blind and low vision community. And I said, wow, that would be great. Let me know how it goes. So, you know, I didn't hear back from him for a few days. And about two weeks later, Leslie and I went to the movie and we got our headsets, we got our fingers crossed and we're hoping and hoping. And all of a sudden the Regal trailer comes on before the movie and the popcorn starts talking with audio description. And I stand up in the theater and yell, yes, the popcorn's talking. I was so excited. And everybody in the theater looked at me like I was, had lost my mind. And uh, Leslie said, yeah, I hear it too. And so uh, we kind of calmed back down and everybody was like, say, are they okay? But it was quite a thrilling moment to say, you know, just that little bit of advocacy that, you know, 
sometimes it's really not all that hard. And that was really, and then it kind of got rolled out around the country. And then now, then the pandemic hit. So who knows where we'll be next. But that was kind of a really cool moment for me with audio description that the popcorn actually talked. That's a great <laughs> moment. How about you, Carl? Well, I was just thinking about the same thing. It's all about relationship building and our relationship with Netflix and Apple and Amazon and CBS Viacom has has increased uh, accessibility of streaming services. Most recently, you know, we're we're developing a great relationship with CBS Viacom. And what's been excited is as we make suggestions, you literally see changes sometimes within a few weeks. For instance, uh-huh. when I spoke to CBS Viacom, I said it would be great if some of your shows that were also on CBS Broadcast that went over to Paramount, if they carried the description with them. A few weeks later, that happened. And I said, well, what about the movies in your studio? And they said, what are you talking about? I said, some of those movies have been described. And they said, oh, we can fix that. And they did that. So what's great is everybody, so it is because of the, but it's not just because of our relationship building. I truly believe everybody wants to do the right thing and want to make the world accessible. So that, that what what great about being involved in the audio description project in American Council of the Blind is we're all working together as a team to make this happen. And I, I say this at almost every presentation I get. The best thing about audio description for me, first of all, I went to film school and graduated with a degree in film, drove out to Hollywood. I was still driving, did work on a number of television shows and film for a couple of years. But then my I got to the point where I had to give up driving. And I was working on a movie set, and I was setting up the lighting along with the gaffer and the electrician. And I knocked down some of the lights and destroyed the set and delayed the shooting for a couple of days. And they fired me because at that time I was not open with my vision loss. And I came back home to Massachusetts, and I didn't know what to do. And for a while there, I was not really watching film and television because it was getting more difficult to see. So I lost my original love. And then I said, I got to figure out how to still work in media and be involved. And I started networking and calling people up. And somebody said, you should talk to this guy named Larry Goldberg at WGBH. So I called him up and he said, yeah, come on and talk to me. And he told me about, and I hadn't really known about audio description before I met him. And this was still in the early days. It was on TV some, it was only PBS, and I hadn't even been in the theaters yet, although they started working on it. They were getting ready to do their first major release, Titanic with audio descriptions in the theater, but it hadn't yep. come out yet. And I talked to Larry, and he said, yeah, we do audio description, we do closed captioning, we do web accessibility, we're doing accessible DVDs, we're trying to do a lot of things. He said, keep in touch. So I kept calling him and calling him and calling him. And finally, he said, Carl, you bugged me so much. Come on in for a job interview. I want to see if you really are worth it. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, I interviewed for the job and I got the position. And it was cool because it combined my love of media and accessibility and audio description and closed captioning. And it gave me... And this is the best part of audio description. It did two things. I also was starting to date my wife at the time when I was at GBH. She was my then girlfriend. And what audio description did are two things. It gave me my love and film and television back, which I had yep. lost for a short while. 
And secondly, it allowed my wife and I to simply be a couple going out on dates, watch yeah. movies, watch television. Because she puts a lot of pressure on herself to make sure I'm enjoying doing whatever we're doing as a couple. So she often gives up her enjoyment to make sure I'm enjoying it. And this takes the pressure off of her so that we can simply be a couple. And accessibility goes back to me a long way. As a young child, I went to a deaf school. I was nonverbal. You wouldn't know it now, but I was nonverbal until I was about six years old. And at the time, the teachers didn't know how to reach out to me. And so, but on Friday afternoons, our class would get out early and go watch a Disney film. And this is in the early 70s. And we would go watch a Disney film. And in those days, there was no captioning on television, no nothing. So the Department of Education had a film club that deaf clubs and organizations could belong to. And they would literally, kind of like a Netflix, but for reels of film, they would send 60 millimeter reels of film to the deaf club. And the teacher saw me fascinated. So she literally, when I was six years old, taught me how to load the projector and run it. And I watched all these great films. And I got to run the projector at six, seven, eight years old and read the subtitles. And I am convinced to this day, while I was running the projector, I was reading the subtitles that the accessibility of that film taught me how to read, write, talk, speak, and brought me out of my shell. And and then later on, I fell in love with film in high school and college. And then I got into audio description. So this has been a lifelong journey for me. Uh, And I didn't mean to get, but I just wanted to tell you, I am... I get so excited when I talk about accessibility and audio description. And, and, and when I was at WGBH, to be part of that, to be part of that ground, it was so cool. It was just, I used to walk by this Emmy on the way to my office every day. And we'll discuss later. It was an Emmy that we won for, not we, because I didn't, wasn't involved in it, but WGBH won for coming up with the concept of audio description for television. And and we're going to be honoring the man. I'll go ahead and say it. We're calling this the Barry Award. We're going to be honoring Barry Cronin for his role and involvement with coming up the concept. Now, he did not invent audio description. Audio description has been around for a long time in theater and other things. So I want to make sure that we said, but he came up with the concept of audio description for broadcast which has led to, you know, audio description for the movie, for streaming services. And for me to play a small role, I was at WGBH when we released Titanic, the first movie ever in the movie theater to have audio description. To be involved in that, even though I really wasn't because I was their marketing person, I didn't come up with the technical aspect. I just was involved in promoting it and trying to sell the services and things like that. But to have a small role in making sure that other blind and visually impaired people could go to the movies and maybe go to the movies with their girlfriend or maybe be involved with pop culture at the water cooler and talk to their friends. Hey, did you see that Leonard DiCaprio died on the iceberg? And if anybody, if I just ruined it for anybody, I'm sorry, the movie's 20 years old. But, but <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it it just... It, it's really cool. And that, so it's been yeah. a life, lifelong journey and I'm talking too much. So I want to give up. No, I love to hear your passion, Carl. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of those relationships, you, you mentioned Paramount. Um, I was really surprised when I turned on my Madonna, Madame X theater experience. And that was audio described on Paramount. 
you know, now even concerts and, and live performances are audio described. I think um, the Super Bowl with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira was audio described. So it's, it's moving into all aspects of, of our media, which is amazing. Jennifer, what yeah. was your first experience with audio description like? Uh, truthfully, it was a commercial, a PSA done in Canada um, that explained um, it played the audio without the image. The image was blurred. Um, and so the audio made it sound like it was a couple giving birth. And um, so you're waiting to see. And then when they played the uh, visual with it, it was actually a couple moving a couch. So it was push, pull, you know, a lot of those those kind of language. But it really introduced the audience to the fact that the audio can be deceptive without describing what's happening. So that's my That's question. cool. Yeah. So this and that was in Canada probably about 10 years ago. Um, but, yeah, you know, we have. Obviously, I've been part of uh, ACB for just a short time, but um, we've had some great opportunities where we've had a number of big groups. I was joking that we were going to have to change our logo to ACB Stars because we have so much entertainment industry coming to us for questions and for advice and helping them promote. And recently, we had one come forward and ask if we would promote a film um, that included a blind character. Um, and then when I asked if it was audio described, they said no. And I said, well, we would not be promoting a film without audio description. And I'm pleased to say that film will be coming out with audio description. So that is the power of ACB in our reputation nice. with audio description. If Anthony, if you, could, if you wouldn't mind, I can go through a couple of our sponsors and highlight some of these great groups um, that are helping us not only promote, but have offered you know funding and their support for the gala. I wouldn't mind at all, but let's just give Tony the opportunity to throw out his um, audio description story. So, yeah, you know, personal for me is, you know, is, is kind of interesting because, you know, I like a lot of kids that, you know, were born blind, you know, it was finding those those videotapes, those VHS tapes and, and feeling like you had sort of reached something where they, something was made just for you. And it kind of felt special but you never really felt like you were part of the, the whole world. And, you know, for me, it, it's, you know, I was excited. Uh, Carl mentioned Titanic. Uh, you know, that was a very, uh, you know, was, was very exciting when it, when it reached cinemas and, you know, the, the, having a chance to get audio description uh, over the years when I go to the movies, uh, having children has been amazing because, you know, I basically have made too many audio describers <laughs> whenever I go to a picture. <laughs> But for me, the most special thing is because we talk about, you know, how this impacts people who are blind and visually impaired. Audio description just doesn't impact our community of people with vision loss, right? Uh, it, we know it helps people with, with learning disabilities and people with autism. Uh, it helps in focusing. But it, it's sort of like, you know, you go to a bar and captioning is on at bars where it's loud. So people can kind of, amidst the loud crowd, know what's going on. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things that we talk in in sort of disability advocacy speak about the universal access and the curb cut and the idea that, you know, it helps more than just those people. My mother passed away five years ago and, you know, we, we had to do all the things we do after someone passes away. She lived out of town. So I had to go down to Atlanta where she lived. And, you know, we're packing up all the things. And, and one of those things was the television in the front room. 
And as you know, we just were like, well, let's turn on the TV. It's background noise as we're packing up stuff. And we're turning on the TV. And suddenly we heard audio description. And she had turned on the audio description track. And it was it was surprising. It was because my mother could see fine, you know. I mean, she, well, she was getting older, like a lot of people, but but what she liked to do was go in the other room and, and cook, but have the TV on. And, and we didn't really know this till then. We we're like, oh, she always had that television on. And she had started to listen to audio description so that she could be in another room doing something else, making dinner, and then still know what was going on with the show. She had her favorite shows and would watch them. You know, I'd always call her and something like that. She'd be watching them. But, you know, she had these shows and, and, and she was listening to audio description. And I've talked to more and more people since then that have said, you know, oh, no, I, I, I turn it on because it's like, it's like a book yeah. on tape. You know, I can go get other work done. And it's almost like I have this book on tape describing my favorite television series. And it was this moving moment where it was like, you know, there was this, this sort of special moment of like the world, and particularly when it's someone special that you miss all of a sudden, you know, my mother gets, you know, my, it, like somebody, all those years of having to try to find something like it was a, a secret, you know, someone's personal collection, like I said, like a record collection or something. And suddenly it moves to, wow, the whole world is sort of catching on to this and they, they use it too. And it kind of made you think like that curb cut, like, yeah. wow, this is something that's helping other people, not just for us, but it's, it's for the larger audience as well. And that was an exciting moment, I think, that, you know, transcended sort of what audio description is just for people who are blind and visually impaired. But it's exciting to think it could be for everybody. I think that's, a, that's, that's incredible. Um, if you think about the curb cuts, for me, it was bicycle. It was riding the bike and being able to, you know, hop up through the curb cut without having to reduce my speed or worry about injury. And when you were talking, it brought to my mind, my sister does the same thing. And she says, often she catches things with the audio description that she didn't catch visually. My own personal story, you can read from a blog posting that will be in this show's notes. So please click that on to acbvoices.org blog. But um, I do want to say that my mother just recently passed away, and I was blown away, actually, when we went to the visitation. They um, often have screens with photographs. Um, back in the day, it used to be poster boards and things, but now it's all high-tech. And so there's screens behind, uh, behind where the, the casket sits. And all of a sudden, I heard my aunt and uncle through the loudspeakers. They didn't tell me. They surprised me that um, they had described all of the photographs that were on the screen just for me and and um and it's not um commercial audio description but i remembered from when i had sight most of those photos and to hear it and be able to experience it the same way that that the rest of yeah. those of us that were mourning my mom and i can remember there's a picture specifically where she was in a santa a santa suit um a little skirt with the big white ruffle and all that and and the hat, and and I remember that picture like I, I can see it in my mind. So, um, that's my experience. The world gets it when the world gets it too. It makes you feel special, like we finally are included. You know? Yeah. yeah the, but the things that my aunt and uncle yeah. made, you know, made that you know choice to do that, it just blew me away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's it is so true. Gosh, guys, you're you're making me remember too. I mean, Tony. Leslie and I, we had a similar experience. You know, back 20-something years ago, the only shot at audio description were the VHS tapes that WGBH did. And we we joined as friends of our local, you know, our library and paid $125 to be in this club. So every month, 
we would get a pouch with two VHS tapes in it that were audio described. And they tended to be the movies that had been very popular a year or two earlier. Mm -hmm. And they would come and it was like Christmas and you would, you know, get your, you know, have, have the two VHS tapes with audio description. We could really understand what was going on. And I'll never forget when Leslie got pretty woman. I think we must've watched that 20 times in the first (laughs) two weeks. You know, wow. and, 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 how about and, your recent, yeah. recent experience with the smart television? Well, and that's what I was going to say. So what, what you you all were sharing with Tony. So here we go. You know, so 20 years ago, we're, we're giddy when we get two VHS tapes from movies that are two years old. And then it kind of moves along and we finally get some level of audio description with our spectrum cable. So with all kinds of trials and tribulations and half the time in Spanish, but occasionally with audio description, we're actually getting to see some TV shows with audio description. And that's really, you know, blue blood. So, you know, so Friday night for five years at 10 o'clock, we stopped everything we did to listen to blue bloods on CBS because we got to experience it. And now here last year, we bought our first smart television with the 21st and now we're in the 21st century and now with a talking remote all i have to do is turn on a button say open netflix and mm-hmm. play play virgin river and man i got 30 episodes of audio description that i can consume for the next three or four weeks it's just absolutely awesome to see where this journey has taken us over the last 20, 25 years. And for all of us, I, I don't know. I, got, I have a big smile on my face right now. It's just so inclusive. And I was talking to an executive from Audible last week, just talking about that next step that, Tony, you were talking about. Why not audio movies uh, that are treated like audio books or audio television shows? I I think it's coming, and I think the sighted community is going to embrace it when when it really becomes easy to acquire, and then we're going to really take off. <laughs> yeah, like I said before, you know, having conversation, my sister lives in Virginia, I'm here in Florida, having conversation about something we watched, and she's like, what, what? And then went back and watched it again and didn't catch it. But I caught it because of the audio description. And it's, it's, she now does the same thing that, that Tony's mother did and um, does her, her chores, her cooking, does homework with Jason, uh, you know, all that with audio description on in the background. Like it's an audio book. Jen, so we've been talking a lot about the gala, but we haven't actually highlighted what the gala is going to feature and who some of the sponsors are. So let's tell the folks. Great. Well, we have two Silver Star sponsors. Uh, Comcast NBC Universal is the first, and they have not only helped us um, in terms of funding, but in support. And um, and as you know, we have a great history with them. Uh, but they are also allowing uh, the event to be on Peacock. It will premiere on November 18th at the same time as the adawardsgala.org premiere at 7.30 Eastern, but it will also stay on Peacock till December 31st. So there'll be multiple rewatch opportunities and opportunities to tell your friends and family to go check it out on Peacock. Um, And then we have a second silver star, uh, uh, which is AT&T, and they are supporting us as well. Um, We're announcing all sponsors this week. 
Uh, Spectrum is also a sponsor, as is uh, Viacom CBS Streaming and um, APH, the American Printing House for the Blind. And Tony, am I missing anyone in our sponsors list? I think that might be it. So they, we are so thankful for our sponsors. We've had other amazing in-kind um, inclusions, including Dr. Joel Snyder and his organization for helping us audio describe, uh, write the script uh, for the gala to make sure that we are inclusive and that the audio description is actually part of the main track. So they, we do not have separate tracks. It will be in nice. together. So we are Everybody one gets it. event. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's a really great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, special thanks as well to Viatech, who's, who's providing captioning for us. Um, you know, Bridge Multimedia, that's a company out of, out of New York City, has been supporting as well as women of, of uh, our word uh, out of San Francisco. And so, yeah, we, we've, we've been getting a lot of support from just, you know, folks within the field of audio description and accessible media as well. And we're real thankful for everybody's support of this gala. So. Well, we heard Roy at the um, opening of the show and we've spoken with Carl. Kim will be on in a little while. Those are some presenters. But we have a couple of names that um, are, well, let's say famous. Um, Jen, who are some of the, can you name drop just a little bit? Yeah, we can. We not only have the original Daredevil Charlie Cox as part of the show, we have a Satana who has done all of the Seinfeld episodes for Netflix. We have the Aquaman himself, Jason Momoa. Um, has supplied a clip. Kurt Warner and Brenda Warner have supplied um, some information uh, for supportive audio description in the gala, as has Zachary Levi. We have Nesta Cooper and Christian Camargo from C. Um, we have Blake Stadnick from This Is Us. And we have, of course, our host Thomas Reed. Um, from Read My Mind podcast, and there's there's a few more surprises that we aren't able to say just yet, but we're uh, finalizing those details and able to share um, just ahead of the event. So stay tuned. Honestly, we're um, humbled by the amount of uh, of participation that has come our way from our partners, from our friends, from um, those who are you know just advocating for what we do and for the blind and low vision community. And Jen, I know you have to run, but before you go, I'm going to digress to a separate topic for a second. Can you tell the folks about our 60 for 60 campaign and ways that they can help the American Council of the Blind, which will then trickle down to helping the audio description project in all of their advocacy work? Yes. So we actually have two donation tracks for the gala itself. You can go to adawardsgala.org and you can donate there for uh, audio description projects specifically. The 60 for 60 campaign is something that we're running this entire year. We started on our anniversary in July um, for our 60th anniversary, and we are raising funds for um, ACB and for our legacy, for our historic action and the ways that we want to expand and support accessibility for our community. So if you're interested in that, you can go to acb.org and hit donate 60 for 60. We would love your help. Um, We have already... Uh, reached almost $20,000 and our goal is $60,000 so so we do have a bit of time but if you're looking for a giving Tuesday or or a great cause uh, to promote in terms of the giving season that's starting you know very very soon as we enter (laughs) Christmas any day now um, we would love your help and support for 60 for 60. 
Well, thank you for coming to Sunday edition. I know how busy you are. I hope you have a great rest of the day and I will be talking to you soon. Thank you Anthony, so much, Anthony. It's Dan. Can I cheat? Is Jen still there? I'm still here. Jen's still here. Could you take a minute and just describe the berry for us? I mean, it sounds oh, really cool, but for sure. a lot of us, we need a little oh, audio idea. description of what That's this yeah, is going to look like. Yeah. Great idea, Dan. So it is a really um, elegant piece. It is a crystal faceted diamond form with a live edge, meaning it's a rough edge shape. And on the front, it says um, the uh, audio description awards. And then it has the name of the recipient whose names we won't reveal just yet from the American Council of the Blind with 2021. It is 4.5 pounds. So it is, there's some heavy weight to it. And we think it will sparkle in any instance that it will be on someone shelf or display uh, for any of the organizations we have it we actually had something funny happen we had a couple that were damaged so we're getting to keep some at the office <laughs> mm. um, so we'll be able to to show those off for our guests as they come in but you know these are it's a substantial elegant award that i think uh well we know that anyone will be proud to receive all right. Thank you so much, Tony. To transition, why don't you tell us what some of the categories are that these awards will be awarded for? So, yeah, so we don't, you know, this year around, we wanted to really focus in on, again, the the, the, the sort of the giants, the people whose shoulders we, we stand on. In future years, you know, we'll probably take more of that shape of when you want the Oscars, the Emmys, and, you know, best in this and best in that, um, you know, the, the, the description for a, in you know, a, a series drama is a little bit more different than a description for, you know, a Marvel movie type thing. So uh, with that being said, though, uh, you know, there are still some folks that are definitely game changers, the people that really made a difference. There's some folks that are innovators. And these are all the buzzwords that you're going to hear the night of the event. And then there's the people that are the champions. Uh, it, it starts first and foremost with sort of the visionary, the, the person and, and Carl's already alluded that, you know, really sort of sets the, the ground that we, we would not be where we are without really wrestling with some of the challenges that existed. There was, it took some effort to try to figure out how to do this. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about audio description and, and our first experiences. For me, I remember being a kid, I went blind when I was 15. And, you know, it was, they would have like a video where someone would overlay the audio track and b mix it into the video itself that would have description. Like that was the way that like, you know, I would have another friend that was blind and he would get hold of a video. And it was like you found the 1961 Beatles from live from Berlin album, right? Like these bootlegs. And, you know, mm -hmm. we would get it and then we would, you know, several of us that were blind would get together and watch a movie and it would just be so exciting, right? Like it's like, it was like these things that were hard to find. There was, you know, sometimes libraries might have a few of them and they were very limited collection and selection and stuff like that. So Barry Cronin cracked the code, if you will, and really trying to figure out with, with broadcast and all of his technical standards, how you can get something synced up and sent out through a, a separate secondary audio program channel, an SAP, uh, and, and be able to broadcast out and have description where the person could turn on and off. Uh, so that way you wouldn't have uh, the audience uh, hearing everything, but it would be more personal for that person. So, um, you know, so there's there's folks that have done some amazing innovation, and that's going to be recognized in terms of awards and, and the ways that how, what's the future way we're going to be listening to audio description there are the people that have gone to scale, right. That, you know, have taken us from a few videos that you kind of get like, you know, trading in the schoolyard at the school for the blind or something like that, where it's like, you know, look what we got uh, <laughs> to, um, 
you know, being now today, uh, and, and, you know, we mentioned about the role audio description projects play. There's a lot of work behind the scenes we've done to really bring us, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, of you know, films that are described now and television shows and series. And when you look at all the things that are described, people that have brought it to scale, right? Who are yeah. those champions that are the superheroes of audio description that have really broken through the industry bureaucracy in a lot of ways? Because this is an additional cost. You know, it's that we deal with disability issues all the time. We talk about equality. The disability movement is one of the few movements where equality comes at a price tag. And, and yeah. corporations don't like price tags. So you have to get buy-in. You got to get support. So who are the folks that have championed that buy-in and support in the commercial sector in the industry that essentially American media is commercial, right? There's no doubt about it. It's a money-making venture. I mean, there's public television like GBH and stuff that's amazing. Um, but even they have a bottom line they got to worry about. So who's broken through those bottom lines, we'd like to say, and, and focus on those people. And so, and, and the others have just sort of like led towards trends. Media has changed so much since that first broadcast on WGBH for, you know, in, in the early days when it was really first being introduced. Uh, you know, Carl mentioned Titanic, the first motion picture, which was a huge motion picture in so many ways, uh, not just in audio description, but changing media. But that was that seems like archaic now when you look at how media has changed and how the consumption of media particularly has changed. So, you know, there's going to be nods as well in this towards those that have that have carried the torch, if you will, uh, towards the way that media has has changed overall and consuming media and where where is the future going? So, you know, those are sort of three arcs, I think, that the awards themselves will all fall under uh, and and they'll be recognized in those different capacities. So, Tony, can I just add to that a little bit? Because I was, yes. um, yep. along with you and others, I was on the award committee. We also wanted to focus on those who have been committed to audio description and do quality audio description. So you'll also see that theme throughout. So uh, these are people who yeah, are Yeah, quality is paramount in all of it, right, yeah. Right. Quality and commitment and, and as he said, innovative and... and so it, it, it'll be an exciting night. This episode of the ACB Advocacy Update has been made possible in part through the support of ACB of Minnesota. ACBM wants to send along heartfelt greetings to all of its family throughout the ACB community. Having hosted two outstanding and invigorating ACB national conventions, they are committed to expanding opportunity for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. ACBM supports the James R. Olson Memorial Scholarship honoring one of its past members, and they continue to not let life during these challenging times slow down. ACBM invites all to their informative bi-monthly community conference calls, ranging on everything from sports and technology to gardening and loving life in the land of 10,000 lakes. They hold quarterly monthly membership meetings, monthly coffee gatherings, and monthly board meetings. To learn more about ACBM, visit their website at www acbminnesota.org or call 612-223-5543. ACBM, a supporter of the ACB Media Network.